I speak to you in the name of God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. It's always just a little intimidating to preach on a gospel lesson that ends with there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. It's not polite conversation. It's not something that you're going to bring up at the Thanksgiving dinner table this week. But by the way, if you do bring it up, please tell me about it later. It's an intimidating line and one that the Gospel of Matthew invokes more frequently than any of the other Gospels. And you wonder about Jesus ending a parable with what sounds like a threat. But I think it's a proper ending to a parable that on the surface can be read as about prosperity and money and failure. A parable that some read as being about the punishment of not having enough. But the reality of this parable is that it has nothing to do with money and nothing to do with threats. At its core, the parable of the talents is about faith and fear. So let's recap the story. A wealthy master leaves on a long journey. His servants do not know when he will return. Not only that, he leaves three of his servants with an enormous amount of wealth. One talent was worth 6,000 denarii, and one denarius was the average pay for a day's labor, meaning just one talent could be worth around 20 years of paid labor. No small fee. The first servant has received five talents, and he went out and he traded them to make five more. Another received two talents and was able to double the money as well. But a third servant was given just one talent, and out of fear, he buried it in the ground and kept it somewhere safe until his master's return. Two servants approached their master's wealth with risk and reward, and another with fear and desperation to keep safe what's been given to him. To be honest, this entire parable from Matthew is intimidating because there are a lot of twists and turns. And as we have learned about most parables, things aren't necessarily what they seem on the surface. This parable has been used by some more unscrupulous preachers to talk about faith and money. The parable of the talents has often been held hostage to a message of faith and prosperity. And in that message, your faith is tied directly to how much you can accumulate for yourself. If you're good and faithful, God will bless you with plenty. If you're lacking, well, you know what happens. Not only do you have nothing, you face the wrath of God and the shame of the world. Now that's a very simple and very dangerous reading because it assumes that those who have more are superior to those who have less. And that assumption looks too much like the world and not enough like God. Are we to be judged by what we accumulate? Are we to fear condemnation for not having enough? That argument works well for those who want to preach about worldly prosperity, but it doesn't work for those who want to follow Christ. So let's look at this parable a little differently through the lens of faith and fear. 
It's not always easy to talk about fear. After all, there is so much to be afraid of in this world. There's war and poverty and violence and illness and the list goes on and on. So wouldn't it just be easier to take whatever good thing we found and just bury it away and keep it safe from the world? Why would you risk losing something you love or something you've worked for? Why risk losing something so valuable? But that's what Jesus is challenging us with through a parable. He's asking us, what are you afraid of? What or who do you want to keep safe? God is asking us to let it go into a dangerous and uncertain world, not knowing if we will receive back what we have given. And our human nature tells us, just bury the good stuff, the love we cherish and our faith and our families and our comfort. Just bury that and keep it safe from any kind of risk. But here comes Jesus, brazenly asking us to dig it all up. Faith is a risk, a risk that we will lose something or that we might have to suffer a loss. Not of the purse, but of the heart. And sometimes it just feels like too much. And who can blame the third servant for fearfully burying all he has in order to keep it safe? But in doing so, in choosing fear over faith, the third servant condemns himself to a life without risk, but also without faith in the unyielding generosity of God. Jesus knows about risk. Jesus knows that love and faith require us to risk something in order to grow. And Jesus is pointing us toward the future, toward the kingdom of God, where God's overflowing generosity means that we too can be generous in our faith and generous with how we see ourselves and our neighbors. If someone asks something of you, do you respond with fear? burying away what others may want? Or do you risk loving your neighbor as yourself? Your difficult neighbor, your hungry neighbor, your lonely neighbor. There is freedom in a faithful risk, and there is so much to be gained. Last week, I was in Washington, D.C., and I was lucky enough to visit the Smithsonian's African American History Museum there was an incredible exhibit about Harriet Tubman, a woman who understood that faith and risk were intrinsically tied to each other. And in the exhibit, they had her personal hymnal. It was about this big. It was so small and fragile looking, but obviously something that she turned to time and time again based upon the tattered and dog-eared pages. One of the most miraculous things about Harriet Tubman was not that she risked her life for her own freedom, but that she risked it for the freedom of so many others, time and time again. After she escaped slavery and ran toward freedom, that could have been enough. She could have buried her freedom and kept it safe from anyone who would try and take it. 
she could have kept it for herself as a personal treasure. And who would have blamed her? Tubman, abandoning her freedom, said, When I found I had crossed that line, I looked at my hands to see if I was the same person. There was such a glory over everything. The sun came like gold through the trees and over the fields, and I felt like I was in heaven. Now, who wouldn't want to keep that safe? But she did not see her freedom as just a personal treasure. She saw it as something to be shared with as many people as possible. So she went back to the South again and again and helped over 70 other people escape slavery and enter into the God-given freedom of their own humanity. How many times did she gather with others searching for their own freedom and open that tiny hymnal to sing of God's promise and love and hope for each and every one of us? Tubman shared the treasure she found in freedom with anyone willing to risk the journey. Now, we may not be called to risk our lives like Harriet Tubman, but we are still called at times to risk our hearts and our comfort and our treasure for the reward of increasing our faith and the faith of others in God's salvation and love. The tomb is left empty. There is nothing of God that can be hidden away. So friends, next time you hear the parable of the talents, don't think about stocks and bonds and saving the, risking the treasures of the world. Think about the greater risk, the risk of faith and the reward of God's love and salvation for us and for our neighbors. God does not take our risks lightly. Do not bury something away just to protect it. Take the risk of believing that the generous rewards of the kingdom of God are offered freely and for the whole world. Amen.